Kristen, and you're listening to Podcast and Amplify, a podcast for women and women of color entrepreneurs who want to amplify their voice and brand through podcasting and grow a wildly successful business. I'm the executive producer and host of two shows and an entrepreneur, and I love helping women grow their visibility, mindset, and business to the next level. Each week, I share tips on how to launch and leverage your podcast, and I'm bringing on the very best business leaders to give you advice on how to build your business empire. Let's amplify your voice and business. Hi, Kendall. Thanks for chatting with me. Um, I want to do a quick little introduction about Kendall and who she is and why I'm talking to her today. So Kendall Cherry is the founder of the Candid Collective and it's a copywriting studio and she's a fantastic writer. If you don't follow her on Instagram, you should because she has some amazing stories. Um, and so, and I love scrolling through and list, uh, reading them. And not only am I a fan, but I'm also a client. Um, we work together um, on some stories that I was able to use um, on my social media platforms and I can use in other places. So um, Kendall is a very very talented writer. And so I wanted to talk to her about how to kind of some tips on how to write your elements for your podcast and then even, you know, writing for your business. And I thought she'd be the perfect person to talk to. So hi, Kendall, welcome. And did I miss anything? No, you're just so sweet. <laughs> you're so sweet. I'm so excited to be here and, and talk about this. It's one of my favorite things to talk about and help other people learn to do in their business because I think a lot of people struggle when you first start a business, you don't really know anything about marketing. Most people feel very uncomfortable even talking about themselves, much less about their business idea, which is a very personal thing usually. So there's not a lot of um, like clear direction or like teaching on how to do that in a way that still feels really authentic and where you don't feel like you're just like slimy used car salesman. So that's something I, I love teaching other people. I love doing and writing things for other people, but also talking more about how to make it very approachable um, for anybody, anybody in business, whether it's, you know, a founder of a big company or even, you know, an entrepreneur who's still bootstrapping it in the beginning. Um, I love getting to kind of have conversations like these. Yeah. And I think that's a good place to start is, do you have tips for how to create your authentic voice and not, I know a lot of people tend to like overshare because they're trying to be authentic. Yeah. And sometimes you read something and you just like cringe a little bit and you're like, Oh, yeah. Like, too, much, we need too much. We don't need to know all your shit. Yeah. 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 I have, I have kind of two thoughts there. The first is that I think most people in an effort to be vulnerable, they tell you like their big TMI moment. Cause they think the more they share or the deeper of something that or the depth of something that they share, that's what vulnerability looks like. One really quick, easy thing to do is instead of just like, you know, bearing your soul, a lot of times people really just want details instead of saying like, I walked into a room, like take, this is where story comes into play. Walk them through it. What did you have in your hands? What were you thinking? What would like things like this, like paint the picture more. And it's a great way to 
seem more authentic because you're actually describing your direct experience. It brings people along for the ride and you don't have to sit there and share like your big, like whatever your traumatic thing is or whatever you're, you know, maybe shouldn't be sharing on the internet. That's a really great way. Easy hack for, I, th I think something that I do really well and, and for my clients as well is most of the time, I don't actually know like their deep, stuff. Like I know some of it comes through, but most of the time what we do is we actually just describe something in more detail and it makes people feel like they're actually there with you. Or maybe um, they've had an experience that looks like that or something makes it a little bit easier um, to connect with versus like, you know, all, any of the other like TMI kind of things you could be sharing. Yeah. Cause I think sometimes that vagueness, it's like when you have, it's doesn't, put you in that story right and it's those little details that make you feel like you have your sense of like oh I'm there like oh they're kind of transporting me a little bit mm -hmm. um so yeah that's a great hack and so I know that you're very inspired by uh music mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> which is really cool um because so much of you know music is storytelling right um, so how would you, I guess, what would be a suggestion for ways for people to like, I don't know, draw from their own like inspiration? Like, I know mm -hmm. you have music, um, but some people, I think they're just don't think they're creative or they're mm -hmm. not writers. Um, I don't know. What are ways that maybe people can get inspired or tap into their sort of creative juices? Yeah. I think, especially for people who are podcasting, most of the time people are guests on a podcast because, or people that are guests on a podcast and the reason people love listening to them is because it really is telling a story. So I think some of the best things you can do to pull inspiration from your own life is to think about, man, if somebody were going to ask me about like something that happened in the last week, like what's a story or a lesson that I can pull from my last week? of, you know, something that's going on in my life, something that feels important and draw in from that, like real tangible experiences. It doesn't have to be like the same story we've heard a, a dozen times. Like, I think just generally reflecting day to day, you can journal if you want to do that. Or like, I know some people that do voice memos and like talk to themselves or that kind of thing. Like if you're on a walk, wear your AirPods, talk to yourself, record a voice memo, People will think you're talking on the phone. Nobody knows that you're talking to yourself. I've done this before. Um, but it's it's things like that when you kind of start to look at your own day. Like if I were a guest on a podcast, what happened this week that would be interesting to talk about, I think is a really easy way to frame it up. So it feels less like, you know, just heavy and like I have to have this like perfect response. People really just want to connect with the person and kind of their day-to-day. -day. Um, so I'd say probably that and then, um, whether it's like movies or songs or experiences that you've had, like have a list of like really big moments for you based on a, a song. If you have certain songs that you connect with, or, um, maybe a trip that you took, or, uh, maybe there's a, like you have a favorite food or a favorite memory, like a family memory tied to a, a certain food that you love. Um, I think having, uh, like if you think of it more as like objects that you have as story connected with, it's much easier to talk about that than think like I have to have this big story like perfectly concocted. Like if you if you find objects um, to talk about or like 
albums, pieces of art, um, that kind of thing. It makes it a little more tangible versus I think a lot of times people get stuck in like, ah, I have to tell a story. What is it? And instead of thinking about the actual tangible thing kind of makes it, it, it's a little more grounding in that space. Yeah, because the idea of writing a story, I think can be really intimidating to people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, oh, I have to create a story and there has to be an arc and there, you know, like it's yeah, just or like what's, what's the format and like, oh my gosh, I think also in this space, especially in podcasting and just like writing for your business in general, when you first are introduced to the, this, this world, especially when you first start a podcast, the only thing you have to compare it to is like what's out there already. So that imposter syndrome, you know, comes in, you're like, I'm never going to be how I built this, or I'm never going to be, you know, girls got to eat or any of these other like big podcasts out there, because you see what has taken them years and years and years of like tweaking and refining that you'll get to eventually, but all of them kind of had a first, like first draft first, like, and it was probably pretty rough when they first started to, nobody comes out the gate just being like, you know, how I built this guy Raz just like, you know, rolling with it. it. It it takes time and it takes, um, like iteration to really get it right. Yeah. Plus, I mean, he has a whole team. Exactly. <laughs> like too, he probably which... has a copywriter or like somebody on staff, um, running that stuff. So I think a lot of times I know when I first started, like, I didn't realize how many people actually had other people on staff helping them. Um, so I think kind of knowing that when you are first starting, it makes it feel a little less like, uh, it has to be perfect or it has to be this like unattainable level that just takes, it, it truly takes like experience and episodes and, and getting your, figuring out your own voice. Like even when you're just speaking, um, that's like a huge exploration and then figuring out how to have your, your voice come through with your writing about the podcast episode. Like that, that's a whole other, other kind of ex yeah. exploration and little like project. And I'm sure everyone's like, Oh, I, I wish I could just get it done the first day. I would, you know, I was the same way, but, um, it, it definitely is. It's worth thinking of it as kind of a, a creative process, just like anything you kind of learn as you go, what you like and don't like and adjust along the way. Yeah, that's so true. Um, I, I did realize that like, Oh, it's an evolution, this process, like it's, not going to be perfect out of the gate. And then I think that bothered me a little bit because I have some perfection tendencies, but then Everybody, I really started. Yeah. Yeah. But then I really started to enjoy that part of it because I felt like it opened up creativity. Like it opened, mm -hmm. gave me room to like experiment and try things. Um, so for podcasting, can you tell us like so I think you have kind of an interesting story around starting your podcast because you didn't listen to podcasts before you started one. Is that right? Yeah. 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 I still don't listen to podcasts. I will like occasionally be in the mood for one, but like, I do not listen to podcasts. I remember when I first started, I like asked my like Instagram audience. I was like, Hey guys, I need like the top 10 podcasts. I'm about to binge them. It was like January of 2020. It's like, I'm going to start a podcast in February. Can y'all give me your recommendations of like what I need to start and like learn and do some exploration on. Cause I just didn't listen to them. <laughs> and I remember like sitting there being like, how the hell do you write an, a podcast intro? And I would like type out, I have like, I'm sure I still have the Google doc somewhere of like 10 intros to be like, Ooh, how are they doing this? Cause I didn't have a course, like what, what you're creating. Like I didn't have an actual something to teach me. So mm -hmm. I ended up like doing just like a ton of research of like, how are, what are they saying? Like, 
how does it work? Cause I didn't know anything about talking about my business yet. So I, I kind of started with this idea of like, I don't know if I ever wanted it to be like a really big, massive thing, but it was like, kind of understood the process. I knew I wanted to get into like content marketing and having the blog posts on Pinterest and all of that. Um, so I kind of just like started and like, I still listen back to some of the episodes from when I first started and it's just evolved so much, even from, from then and like what my business looked like. And, the, and it's changed a lot in the last year. Um, but I think having, having those episodes, I, I almost think of them as like a way to document my life. Mm. Like I, when I first started, I was like still working my corporate job. And I was like talking about right. why I started a business. It, it was totally different especially looking back now, like it, it was cool to kind of have a way to document that time in my life that doesn't really ever go away. It's not like a piece of paper that I lose, which is classic because I have a million notebooks. Like it's, it's something that's almost like a digital archive of like my experience and like kind of where I've grown and what other people have taught me along the way as well. Yeah, that is the nice part that it does kind of just continue to live out there. So people can find you through that content, mm -hmm. which is kind of nice. Cause you're, you don't really have to promote it. It's just like people can stumble upon you and discover you. And, um, so that's, that's really cool. Uh, yeah. I did the same thing when I started my podcast is I, I did listen to, well, I was already a, a podcast listener, but then I started listening in a different way to people's intros and like, mm -hmm. oh, what, do, what do I want to do? How do I want to craft mine? Cause similarly, I didn't have anything to, you know, I'm just kind of winging it myself and have an yeah. example. Um, but I, I do remember, and I do this now to what, like what you mentioned was the voice to like memo, mm -hmm. like using your, your notes app, like that is a really great, like tool for, and I think I was talking to you about this early on when I started my podcast. I know I asked advice from you because you had started yours before I started mine. And, um, like it really helps to get your casual voice because mm -hmm. it's recording, you know, is recording exactly what you're saying. And I think sometimes when we type things, we can edit it to, for reading and not for oh, listening. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it definitely captures your voice. I think a lot more casually and it's not like you're reading from a script because that's yeah. like not how you want to so sound boring. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> podcast um so that's a really great tip do you have any um other tips for creating other elements of the podcast so did you know that a lot of successful people set their goals for the new year in september why? It gives them the best possible advantage in terms of accomplishing their goals for the new year. So wouldn't it be cool if 2021 was the year that you launched your podcast? Well, that's why I'm running the September is the new January flash sale from now until Friday, August 27th. I'm offering $100 off the regular price of the Podcast Accelerator 30-Day Bootcamp. Now, this digital course will help you start and launch your podcast in 30 days. Now, you can get this offer by clicking on the link in the show notes and using the code ACCELERATOR. So if your business resolutions are to simplify your business, streamline your marketing, and grow your audience with potential clients, it's time to start your podcast. Okay, friend, back to the show. 
So I, in general, I, I think everyone kind of has their own process that they do for like how much structure they want to have in a script when they first do an episode. When I first started, I was not sure, like, and I think it comes from, I just didn't know how podcasts were supposed to sound. So I would write out the, the blog post slash script that I would read from. And I used to do like videos and like read from script in my, my corporate job. So I kind of know how to read something from a teleprompter, from a piece of paper and, and throw my voice. So it sounds like I'm Mm. casual, but I'm really reading it word for word. Right. So I, I, when I first started, I was doing that. And then I found that what felt better, better for me was having like bullet points listed out of what I wanted to talk about, like a few key points, and then just kind of like riffing on that and talking about it. Um, and then having someone or myself kind of write the blog show notes, um, or the podcast show notes in a blog version after um, just because I, I tend to like think of things as I'm talking. And so I, I found that that worked a lot better for me. I always say in general, when it comes, if you're the type of person who's writing the show notes first, and then you're going to record, start with the bullet points before you write any other part, like don't write the intro. Cause I find people usually stall out. They're like, Oh, I have to write about this guest or oh, I have to like, talk about what this episode's about. Do that at the end once your juices have been flowing and start with the bullet points that you want to make. If you're doing like a list of like top topics or tips or whatever, start with a bullet point first because otherwise you'll you'll be most, more likely to, to actually like write the meat of the post versus if you're a perfectionist with like what sometimes happened to me. I know you, you said that as well. If I have to start with the intro, I actually will like just sit there and stare at the document versus I always try to just kind like keep moving however like I can. get into so, the meat of it and yeah, yeah. and yeah if you kind of know like like oh I can talk about you know productivity tips and why I need to put a glass of water out on my nightstand beforehand like that the the deeper content comes a lot easier mm. and then you can always write the summary after um, but that's that's usually what I do um trying to think like what else oh editing I know you mentioned this to me when you told me you you did your first podcast episode and then me as well I did this like I think I so edited many hours my own, <laughs> yeah I think I edited my my first episode like and it's like a 15 minute episode like eight hours of editing making sure it sounded perfect because I didn't know like the level of sound quality that's out there and like in general you can get away with so much on a podcast like some people do it is truly their phone that they've used as a voice memo yes. and there's no editing and they just like throw it through. Um, so I would say like also just pro tip, don't get too worried about editing. Like you're fine. Just put it, it's better to push publish and be like, oh man, I forgot some ums. Like it's fine. Yeah. I think I told you, oh, I spent like four hours or six hours, some crazy number. It was an absurd number. And you were like, why? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Your response me, was me like, coming from to do that. Yeah. Well, and me saying this after like two months from like, oh, I had the epiphany. Like, I think you just, it kind of like comes with it. But yeah. again, it, to, to what I was saying earlier and what it sounds like your experience too. I think I got a course from a like popular podcaster of like how to start a podcast, but it didn't tell you stuff like it came from someone's space where they had a team managing that. So they didn't even think to include that. Like it was very high level. 
Whereas I feel like if you're kind of bootstrapping it, you're doing it from the ground up on your own stuff like that's really helpful. Like that would have saved me so much time in the beginning, like kind of knowing like what's a real priority, what can you skimp on? What, what matters? Um, until you can eventually like hopefully outsource it to other people. But until then, um, you know, if, if it's truly just you, like one, one man or one woman show, one person show, um, you know, that's when I think the guidance is really helpful just to have like a, a baseline of like, here's how much time this should take or right. like, here's what needs to be included. This is a nice to have, this is dumb. You don't need to have it there. Like th- just those general guidelines are really helpful. I think too. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. Um, cause I know I didn't really have a reference point and I think when you were like asking me like, Oh, why did you take, or, you know, why did it, that was your response. It was actually really helpful because it it gave me a point of reference, like, Oh, okay. I don't, didn't need to spend that much time. And it kind of gave me a little bit of permission to like, okay, dial it down a little bit. You know, you have to do other things in your business. So you're right. it, It is nice to have just that understanding of how long things should take. Um, I do like your suggestion of doing the bullet points hundred percent, because sometimes I know for me, it's like, that is where I start. That is that gets me motivated. And I do want to mention to people like you, like three is a lot like Mm -hmm. three to five, like, cause I used to think, oh, you have to do like 10 bullet points or eight Mm -hmm. bullet points. Seven or less, seven or less, baby. Yeah. And And seven if they're short, five is the sweet spot. Seven if you're just like whipping through them and yeah, like, you know, you want to definitely make people feel like you're, have people feel like you're giving them value and not, you know, under, you know, delivering. But um, yeah, I used to get hung up on that. Like, oh, I have to give so many bullet points and it's like well mm-hmm. you can only talk about I mean if you're if your episode if you want it to be a certain amount of time then you mm-hmm. know you can't really exactly. do that amount so um uh so let's see I wanted to ask you just to kind of wrap up do you have like one piece of advice for anyone who is starting a podcast or even in their business um like where they should focus their energies in terms of writing maybe we could do business first because that's kind of a different question um around yeah where should they kind of get the most uh kind of return on investment from Mm -hmm. from writing yeah i think for me at least i'll say my process is typically big like biggest roi comes from just sharing my story like i think sometimes people think you have to have the like greasy salesman like are, do you feel you know stressed and overwhelmed like it's it the the very like formulaic writing i'll share like my process when i i i think at this point most of my clients have come from like either my email list or from an instagram post where i told a story i may say like i have availability for something but i'm not using my primary method of writing in my business as like the standard marketing like, you know, what is it? Activation or not the, it's like pain point, agitate the pain point, right? whatever. There's some popular copywriting formula. Yeah. Like what for me, I think at this point, people, they kind of see through it at this point Mm -hmm. and they want authentic and they want to connect with the person that's behind the brand. Or if it's a service provider, 
they want to connect with the person who they're going to be working with. Like, it's very important to like, make sure that both parties kind of like know what the other person is about and what they're, you know, I think nothing sucks more than like getting on a discovery call to maybe work with somebody. And then you meet them and you're like, Whoa, you don't sound anything at all. Like your Instagram account, like you're, you kind of suck. Like I've had that happen. Um, not I've had it where I was on the other end where I looked and I was like, Whoa, you're kind of not the same. Mm. Um, so I think in general, like having more story and in your story, like you can talk about things like your values, like what's important to you in your business or in, even in just your personal life, like things that are important to you. Um, cause I find not everyone is like always ready to invest at that moment, but it's those people that continuously read your content and understand what you're about. And then when they eventually need what you offer, that's the, you want to be kind of the, when it's their right time, this is my general philosophy. Like instead of being pushy and like trying to get people to invest, like, you know, immediately when you say it's like your turn or when you say it's like time for them, I prefer to kind of be a little more laissez-faire. And I figure when it's, I would rather be the person where when it's their time to invest, like I'm, I'm, they know it's, they want to work with me. Like there's no competition because it's just, they, they know kind of in advance. And the best way to do that is through storytelling, but sharing what you believe in your values, um, experiences you've had good or bad, maybe again, kind of like the first question, you don't have to be TMI about it. Just like walk people through a scenario. But, um, I'd say probably that is definitely the, the storytelling side of things and just sharing who you are in your way. Um, so people get to know you more because that, that's how you gen genuinely have like good connections with people is when you're able to do that, um, in your content. Yeah. And I like your approach to, um, getting clients and how it seems more of like, um, attracting as opposed to sort of like, I need to, you know, go get them. You know, it's like, I'm, I'm going to put out what I'm going to put out. And if it resonates, then the right client will choose me, um, which I think is a great approach. Yeah. I was going to say with that too, I think sometimes people with attraction marketing, they're like, yeah, that's great. But like, I've got to, you know, make money and like cover my bills and that kind of thing, which I've totally been in that camp before as well. But I will say the more you're in that kind of headspace, the more I've had moments where I've been in that headspace, really trying to like, like make more sales, find more leads. And I end up getting the wrong types of people. Cause I'm a little bit like, if, if my boundaries in business are like, I want to work with these types of people, they either have these types of qualities or, um, different things to their story or like what their business is about. Like if I, if I'm not very clear on like what that is and I'm kind of like, Oh, it's fine. Like, I just need to like make some money. So why not? Like, we'll just take someone. Um, maybe it's not like the perfect fit, but it's like pretty okay those have been the moments where I've had like major issues with a client or like it ends up not working out. Um, so I, I know when you're in the, those moments where you're like, Holy shit, I, you know, I need to make a certain amount of money. Um, it's really hard to be in the attraction marketing kind of mindset and everything. But, um, if you can stay consistent, even when it feels like things are slow and find a way that works for you, I find it's, it, eventually it, it kind of, I kind of think of it as like, if you were to put a penny in the jar, like eventually 
like it will be full and you'll have like plenty of people coming through, but it takes time to build that kind of, of, um, like client base at first. Yeah. And I think you kind of, it's one of those things where you like attract what you're kind of putting out there. So exactly. Then you kind of attract the maybe low energy clients and, um, you're compromising a little and, and And yeah, you get more, more people like that. Like I, that's what I find is like the more I've tried to do that in the past, the more, um, it's like, I'll get like a few requests that are similar where I'm like, what, that's like, not what I wanted. Like that was supposed to be a one-time thing. And then you're like, where did you guys come from? Like, right. Oh shoot. I invited it in. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, I think, you know, doing a lot of work around your ideal client avatar is really helpful and sticking to that as best you can. Um, even, even if things feel slow, um, it's still better than like having to offer a refund, which I've had to do, which has turned into a huge mess. Cause it's, it's a huge cash flow like drain basically. It's so even if you do get a, an ideal client, like you've got a refund, you have to fund before you can pay yourself. Like that right. also sucks. So it's, it's better to try and stay on top of, um, like the type of people that you're wanting to work with or types of businesses, or, um, even like the values of the, the people that you're potentially working with, I think is important. Yeah. I think that's excellent business advice. And, oh, what I was going to say before was, I think because storytelling is so powerful, I, I think, you know, people remember how you make them feel. Mm-hmm. And I, exactly. it's the storytelling that really sort of like can get to the heart of someone and mm-hmm. resonate with them. And, um, so it, it, to kind of have that in your, in your mind of, you know, how is this going to make someone feel? How is it going to resonate? You know, how, when I share this story, um, mm-hmm. instead of like, is this client going to buy from me or is this person yeah. going to buy from me? Um, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's really, um, thank you for sharing your experience. And of course, you're very honest and candid. (laughs) (laughs) I try. Yes. Um, And I think those are great, great tips. Thank you so much for joining me and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge. And um, I think people will definitely get a lot from our conversation. Yeah, it was so fun to be here. If you love today's episode, please subscribe so you don't miss a show. And rating and reviewing this podcast is the best way to help support us. Always remember your voice and what you have to offer is needed in the world. Until next week, take care.